And you see, I'm not what you would call a preacher. I'm a teacher. And teachers like all this stuff right here where you can look down at it and, and, and you know, pass out information. And we're not going to do that today. But instead, if you look up on the, the screen here, we're going to have a little fireside talk this morning. Here it is, the end of another year. And, uh, you know, when you look back on a year, sometimes you... You recognize things in that year that you just wish hadn't happened, right? And you wish that it was better. And I think that in my, my prayer time in, in looking this over this past week, the Lord's really shown me some things and He's made this really simple. Simple for me anyway. And, and that's necessary. But He's made it really simple for me and He just wants me to have... A fireside talk with you this morning. That's what we're going to do. You know, did, by the way, did everybody have a good Christmas? Everybody had a great Christmas? Yeah, praise God. It was a great Christmas, you know. And, and I've seen a lot of the things out there. As a matter of fact, my granddaughter, she came in this morning. She got a new car for Christmas. Wow. Now, you know, I got a new car for Christmas one time. It was about that long. And it was really fast. You put it on that little track and it go around and around. But I, I never was fortunate enough to have a little car like she got for Christmas. But you know, one of the things I want to talk about this bothered me this whole Christmas season. You can ask my wife. I, I just fussed about it this whole Christmas season. There's a commercial that came on, and, and I like to watch football. I wouldn't call myself a, a fanatical sports fan, but I like to watch a football game every now and then. And And... Almost every football game that I saw this year, there was this one particular commercial that came on. And I'll be honest with you, I'm just going to be transparent this morning. It just irritated the daylights out of me. And I'll tell you what it's all about. I'm not going to mention brand names. I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but I'm going to tell you what it was about. It seems that there was... Um, it, it, this guy drives up or girl drives it. It's kind of a couple of different commercials but it's all the same thing. Um, they drive up in their driveway and they get out and they look haggard and worn out and just, you know, they look like they've been beat up and, and they get out and it's very obvious they've been to the Black Friday sales, you know. So they get out and then about the time their neighbor walks up. You've seen the commercial, I know. If you've watched any television at all in this, in this Christmas season, you've seen this commercial. So the neighbor walks up and, and they're saying, well, you know, you got a lot of stuff there. Yeah, I stood in line all night or whatever, and, and you know, the Black Friday, but I saved hundreds of dollars. And with this really smug look on their face, you know, they turn around and they point at their new automobile in their driveway and say, yeah, well, I saved thousands of dollars, you know. Is it just me or does that commercial irritate anybody else? I mean, you want to know the truth? I felt like that I was being bullied. Does that make sense to you guys? You know, here it is. This is just me. Like I said, we're just talking this morning. I think I got a little bit of ring here. I would, I'm just talking. But I, I felt like that every time I saw this commercial, the advertisers were saying, you see, if you don't go down and buy a brand new car this season, if you just go out and you spend all your money and you buy all these Christmas gifts, which by the way is not what Christmas is about, but nevertheless, but if you go down and you spend your money, but you don't go out and buy you a brand new automobile, 
you're really kind of the, the doofus on the block, so to speak. And I, I just, it irritated me every time I saw it. And, and I, would, I got to the point that when that commercial would come on, I'd flip it to another channel because I didn't want to see it again. It bothered me. And as I was praying this week, the Lord showed me why that commercial bothered me so much. He showed me that deep down inside me, there was a place that I felt bullied, pushed around. Now I'm going to ask this question right up front. Then I may ask it again when this is all over with. I don't know yet. How many of you this year have felt in some way bullied, pressured? Can I see a few hands? Yeah, yeah. And they, they keep going up. And, and don't feel pressured to put your hand up. I'm not trying to bully you, okay? But this, this commercial made me feel like I was being bullied. And, and, and the Lord showed me one morning in my prayer why I felt that way. And then he began to put into my spirit something I want to talk to you about this morning. And that's breaking the power of the bully. Now, I'm going to kind of do this a little different this morning. I'm going to tell you a, let's call it a fairy tale, for lack of a better, better word. It's, it's a story, and because this story kind of has some things in it that's not quite what we as Christians should do in, in, uh, in, when we deal with our natural enemies. I'm going to have this disclaimer right up front that, that you know maybe all of the things that happen in this story are not Christian values, but you're going to see what I'm talking about when it's all said and done. And so for, to protect the identities of the, well, not innocent, but of the guilty, I'm going to change the names. And I'm going to call the bully in this fairy tale Let's call him Biff, okay? You've all seen the, the Back to the Future movies and, and, and Biff was one of the guys in the movie. And who was Biff? He was the, he was the bully, yeah. So I'm going to call the bully Biff. And I'm going to call the other guy, let's call him Jimmy. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's a good enough name, I guess. It, it's, but anyway, years ago, when Jimmy was about, no, oh, let's just say 13 years old. Jimmy was 13. He was in the seventh grade. And Jimmy was one of these guys that had not yet really taken his teenage growing spurt. Still a little guy. And as he was in the seventh grade, started the seventh grade, one of the classes, or actually two of the classes that he had were in another building from where the locker was and all the normal classes were. So in the Thinking in a logical process, Jimmy decided that he would carry books for two classes over into the other building so that he wouldn't have to make a trip between classes back to the locker and be late to class and all that sort of thing. So into the year, a little ways, Biff notices that Jimmy is carrying all these books. And Biff is always surrounded by his minions, you know, like in the Back to the Future movie, he's always got his minions around him. And as Jimmy was going to class one day, Biff thought it would just be funny just to knock all those books out of his hand and, and just scatter them all over the hallway. Well, when he did that, one of his minions kicked Jimmy's book across the, the hall. And, you know, really, it, it was, well, it was frustrating. It was uh, irritating. And it was humiliating. 
And that's what bullies do. That, that's how they work. They frustrate, they humiliate, they anger you. They cause you to do things you wouldn't want to do. And early on, Jimmy tried to fight back one day. Of course, Biff knocked him down, and, and Biff was an older and bigger and stronger. Uh, did I mention that Jimmy was still little? Okay, just, just make sure of that. So anyway, as time progressed through the seventh grade, Jimmy would do everything possible to dodge, to avoid, to, to not be around Biff. And when he would go to his fourth period class, which was one of the classes, fourth and fifth period, that he would try to take a, a, a route that most likely Biff wouldn't be there and he wouldn't have to run into him. But you know what? It seemed like that every time that Jimmy didn't pay attention, Biff came along and, and there he was, surprised him. You know, and, and it just seemed like one of those things where out of the blue, there he was and he knocked the books out of his hand. Well, as we move a little forward in this, this story, this fairy tale, this went on and on and on, and it made life very miserable for a 13-year-old Jimmy. But when school was over with, and between the school semesters of 7th grade and 8th grade, behold, wonder of all wonders, Jimmy began to grow. As a matter of fact, he began to grow so much that he grew six inches in three months and gained 40 pounds. Now, this part of this story is actually true. The six inches and 40 pounds. So, amazingly enough, it seemed like that Jimmy was involved in some, some, uh, some athletics during that summer, so he didn't lose control of all of his, his coordination and everything. But when he went back to school as a 14-year-old, he was almost unrecognizable. And certainly unrecognizable to people who were not his good friends. And as the story goes, Jimmy's walking down the hall, first day of school in the eighth grade, with his best friend, and he recognizes somebody coming down the hall. Anybody want to guess who he sees coming down the hall? Biff, that's right. So Jimmy says to his best friend, Hold my books here for a minute. Of course, you know, why? Just, just hold my books here for a minute. Here comes the part that's not exactly Christian values, okay? So, you know, kids don't do this. So, Jimmy sees him coming down the hall. He hands his books to his best friend. Walks up to Biff and said, Hey, Biff, you recognize me? A big smile on Jimmy's face. And Biff has this, you know, huh? And you could see it as the light of recognition began to come on in Biff's face. Yeah, you got it. Jimmy hit him. Just right as square on the end of the nose as he could hit him. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but if, if you get hit right on the end of the nose, your nose bleeds a lot. A lot. And so Biff, were, I say Jimmy and Biff, were right in front of the principal's office. And there's this big glass window there and when Biff got hit, he fell up against the principal's window and it just rattled and shook. You know, and, and all the people in the office jumped up to see what was going on. Well, at that time, Jimmy stood over Biff, who was now the same size, and he told him, every day this year that I see you, this is going to happen. 
And then everybody starts running out of the office and, and Jimmy turns and walks away. Now, I'll be honest with you. Jimmy didn't walk away because it was like in the movies. He was being cool. Jimmy was afraid they're going to come out of the office and yank him in there and it was going to be a bad first day of school. But anyway, Jimmy walks down the hall. And you know what? That whole year, Biff was nowhere to be found. Now, Jimmy saw Biff a couple of times coming down the hall. And you know what? Amazingly, Biff had to turn around and something he had to have something else that he needed to do right at that moment. So he would turn around and go some other place and, and go into another room, you know. And two years after Biff graduated, Jimmy was, or actually a year after Biff graduated, I guess, Jimmy was on his way home from football practice one evening driving his little car, and he passed a, a convenience store. And there was Biff and two of his minions. And they were out in the, the parking lot of the convenience store, and they were harassing people as they drove by. They were making obscene je gestures. You've, you're familiar with them. I don't have to go any further. They were saying ugly, ugly, awful things to people that drove by. For what reason? I, you know, I guess bullies will be bullies. And it hit Jimmy just wrong, and he spun the car around and came back and slid into the parking lot, and he stepped out. And you know what happened when he stepped out of his car in the parking lot? Jimmy never will forget this one. Biff began to say, oh, man, I didn't know it was you. Let's be friends. You know, I, I didn't mean to do this. I didn't mean to upset you. Let's be friends. And Jimmy stood at his car door and said, Biff, you and I will never be friends because you don't know how to treat people. You don't know how to act, so we will never be friends. Now, having finished that, and, and Jimmy went on to his home, he never again saw Biff. Not another time that Jimmy was aware of. Now, I told you that story, that fairy tale, if you will, and, and right up front, I told you there were some things about it that were not what we would consider Christian values that took place in that story. But there is some good spiritual lesson in this, and I want to talk about that this morning. Number one, the devil is a bully. Let me say that up front. The devil is a bully. He will intimidate you. He will threaten you. He will make fear come into your life. And it's all for... for he does... Three things really well, and it's all for one reason. He comes for but three reasons. Does anybody remember what they are? Steal, kill, and destroy. That's exactly right. That's what a bully does. And he does it so that he has control over you. You know, that's what a bully does. He wants control. More than anything, a bully wants control. And that's what the devil does. He wants to control your life. He wants to intimidate you. He wants you to think that you can't escape His grasp. He wants you to think that you've done too much to be forgiven for. He wants you to think that your life will never straighten out. That's what a bully does. And like all bullies, he's going to seek to find your weaknesses and exploit them. And how do I know that? Well, he showed up the first time in Genesis the third chapter. He's been with us forever. As a matter of fact, we find out in reading Scripture that He was way beyond that. Way, when he, there, he was in heaven, He decided the, 
the Bible tells us, he said, I will be like the Most High God. And I don't know whether he bullied one-third of the angels in heaven to follow him or just convinced them. Either way, he had his minions around him. Shows up in the third chapter of Genesis in the Garden of Eden and comes to Eve. And I can almost hear this conversation. Are you going to be a real woman and do what you, you know that there's nothing wrong with? Are you going to stand up and do what you want to do? Or are you going to do what God said? God said that you'd die just as soon as you ate this, this fruit. Are you going to listen to that? Bullied, harangued, and harassed Eve. That's what He does to us. Think in the times in your life that you ended up doing something you didn't really want to do. Places you didn't really want to go. You know, what happened? You were bullied. Maybe not even by your peers, but you know, sometimes the devil uses our friends and they don't even know it. But the devil knew exactly what it was that was the weakness in Eve that caused that. But you know what was worse than that? He knew exactly that Eve was going to be the weakness that would cause Adam to disobey God. All Adam had to do was refuse. But the devil had this plan and he had it worked out. And he hid Eve first and then used her to cause Adam to disobey. Now, if you think that you can hang around the bully and not be affected by it, let me just throw this out at you. However old you are, and I'm, I'm probably the oldest one in the building today, I still hadn't been around as long as Lucifer has. And he, you know, he knows all the game plans. He knows how to manipulate us. So if you think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm old enough, I'm not going to fall for that stuff. Don't forget this. He's been a, around a long time manipulating a, a lot of different ways. Now, he'll push you and he'll poke you, just like Biff did, you know, the pushing. You ever had anybody that, that did one of these numbers? You know, they do it. Some of them are, got really hard fingers. It hurts. You know, but even if it doesn't hurt, it's really irritating. They'll push, they'll poke, they'll, they'll prod. And they'll attack with renewed vigor if they figure out that you're timid and weak. You know, I jumped up and, excuse me, Jimmy jumped up and wanted to react to, to the Biff knocking the books out of his hand. And that was not a good thing. Jimmy got knocked down. So I tried to, to learn to avoid him. I'll be honest with you. If you don't have strength in you to overcome the devil, it's probably a good, good thing to, to avoid him as best you can. But he's going to, he'll search you out if you don't have that strength in you that God gives you. Now, 1 Peter says this in, in 1 Peter 5, that the devil is like a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour. So you can go hide if you want to. You can try to, try to stay out of his way if you want to. But he's looking for you all the time. He's searching for you. He's seeking you. And what's he seeking you for? For one thing, to devour you. 
And, and, and know this, that you can't respond to the devil like we're supposed to respond to the, our enemies in the flesh. What does the Scripture say how we're supposed to treat our enemies in the flesh? Somebody tell me. You love your enemies, right? You love your enemies. You turn the other cheek. I'll promise you, you can't turn your other cheek to the devil. If you turn your other cheek to the devil, he'll destroy that one too. They turn the other cheek attitude. It may be the proper way to deal with people, but it won't work with him. Second Corinthians, the 10th chapter tells us that we're in a spiritual war. Spiritual war. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Matter of fact, Ephesians 6 chapter, Paul tells us to put on the whole armor of God. He talk, talks about uh, uh, putting on the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation and, and having our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of truth. All of these things in the 6th chapter of Ephesians is all about warfare. He's not talking about playing a game. He's talking about battle. And he's in above all. Take your shield of faith. So, you know, turn the other cheek's not going to work with the devil. You're in a fight with him whether you want to be or not. You're in a battle with him. And I'll tell you what the stakes are in this battle. It's your eternal soul. You know, in Jimmy's case, he was in a battle just for self-respect, just for, you know, peace of mind, not with the devil. You're in a battle for your eternal soul. You know, when Jimmy was dodging Biff, there was a part of him that was most certainly afraid. But Paul, in his writing to his son in the faith, Timothy, said this. He said, we haven't been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, resistance to a bully is a good thing. Here's the problem. If you resist the bully and you don't have the power to resist him, you're going to end up on the floor like Jimmy did. So, how do you get the power? Well, the scripture says that we've been given a power of, of, of love. I've been given power, not, not fear, and have that sound, disciplined mind. One of the things we have to do, though, that's very important, we have to grow. Now, between the seventh grade and the eighth grade, you know, I'm not really sure what it was that Jimmy ate, but it must have been something good. Uh, maybe he went down and sold the, uh, the, the family cow and got him some beans in the market. Oh, no, that's the wrong fairy tale. I'm sorry. Um, but anyway, he, he had something that actually he, he grew strong and grew big. And, and, and so his resistance the next time he saw Biff was not based on the fact that he was still small and weak, but it was based on the fact that he had grown that he'd become stronger and bigger. And I just feel the Spirit of the Lord in here right now telling somebody you need to be stronger. And you need to be bigger. And you need to be more powerful in Him. We talked about, we, we sang a song talking about the weak being strong in His love. And if you don't have that strength in you, you're not going to be able to withstand the attacks of the bully but I'll tell you what, when you get to that place, Scripture says this, resist Him and He will flee from you. 
when Jimmy came back bigger and stronger and filled out in his physical being, Biff dodged him then. And when you come back and the devil comes at you and you're bigger and you're stronger in the Spirit of the Lord, Scripture says he'll run from you. He'll, you resist him, he'll run from you. Because he's not going to want to get in a fight he knows he can't win. And you know what Scripture says? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Once that power gets in me, once that strength gets in me, it doesn't come from me, but it gets in me through the power of the Holy Spirit and my Lord. Then greater is he that's in here than that one that's out there. We've been through 2015. And I'll be honest with you, 2014 was a bad year for Jimmy. For this Jimmy. It was a bad year. The devil bullied me around all year. Now, there were some things in that that God taught me some lessons. I, I'll have to admit that. But it was still, I was still being bullied. This past year wasn't nearly that year. I had a good year this year. But I recognized the other day there was some, still some things that the devil was bullying me around with. Now, I'm going to ask this question again. How many people in this room, now that we're talking about this kind of bully, feel like you've been bullied this year? Almost everybody in the building. Are you sick and tired of it? Are you sick and tired of letting the bully run over you? Being afraid of him? You know, I know people, and, and I was there one time, that I was afraid if I got too close to God, the devil was going to do things to me to try to destroy me, bring me down. You know, but you really have to forget about that and get to the point where it says he'll run from you. You know, you get stronger in him. So, today, as I was praying about this this week, I just felt a, a strong a feeling in my spirit that God wanted to change the attitude of some folks that feels like they've been bullied around this year. You know what? Life is tough. It really is. And it gets tough because we let the bully push us around and so much of our life is just, you know, some things are hard. Family sometimes is harder than anything. And that's the bully. That's the bully doing that. So this morning, and, and I don't know, I hadn't looked at my watch and I'm not going to. We may be the first ones at the cafeteria. I don't care. But when I'm done here, I'm going to give the Holy Spirit time to chase the bully out of your life. And I'm done here just about. So, just for a moment, just for a moment, I want you to think that place in your life this year that you, you just, that just came to your mind. I know it did. Where the bully messed with me and I should have been able to overcome that. Or the bully messed with me and I really wish it hadn't happened. Right now, I want you to think about that thing. And I want you to imagine greater is He that's in me than he that's in the world. And I want you to decide right now to let the Holy Spirit come in. You know, Paul talked about in one place that we've heard the milk long enough, it's time to eat the meat and grow up. Be big and strong and, and, and in, in the Spirit. 
And this is the time, I think, that we, we not only feed our spirits with the Holy Word of God, but we feed our spirits with the Spirit of God as well. Would you stand with me? I know this has been different. Maybe it's strange for you. It's strange for me. But I feel like the Lord's been in it. I feel like the Lord told me to do this. And I'm not going to really give what I would call an altar call. I'm going to give an invitation right now that everybody feels like you've been bullied. Come on down here right now. Don't wait. Come on. I'll be the first one down here. Come on down here. All these hands I saw, you've been bullied this year. Come on. We're all going to get deliverance over this together. All of us. Thank you, Father.